Okay, you guys. So in today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing Ronika Cormier. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. So Ronika, like myself, has overcome dating violence. And today, she's going to tell us a little bit, a little bit about how she survived and how she got out. But first, I just wanted to know, I just wanted you to tell us a little bit, a little bit about your podcast. Okay. So my, um, for, so a little bit about me, I am an ex-teacher turned um, academic success and accountability coach for Christian teens and young adults. And my podcast is born out of that mission. So my podcast is called Real Talk for Teens and Young Adults. And it's a safe place for teens to come and have real conversations that inspire, motivate and challenge them to take their lives to the next level of success. That is so amazing, and I've always prayed and asked God to connect me with like-minded people, people who are for the next generation. So, you know, when you reached out, I was just like, wow. And even today, leading up to today's episode, I'm just like, God is really connecting me with people, with great people, and people who actually have the same mission to get his purpose done. Um, so when we first spoke, we were both trying to figure out, okay, like, what are we going to speak about? And we took a break and we came back and your topic was really confirming to me as well. When you, um, you know, when we said that we we're going to talk about overcoming dating violence, because I remember going through something like that as a teenager. And I know that when I got out, I felt so free. So I'm going to go into my first question. Yes. And my first question is. When did the violence start for you? Well, um, that's an interesting question. The violence started in pretty much in the very beginning, but it started in a way that you wouldn't necessarily recognize as violence. Um, mm-hmm. So it started with things like jealousy. And you don't recognize that as violence, especially a lot of times when you're young, because you see it as, oh, you know, he loves me because he's jealous of other people being around me. But that is definitely a spark to later issues in a relationship, especially when it's extreme jealousy. And so that's kind of where it started. And I can relate because for me, um, that's where it started as well. And before I just remember for myself, like hearing certain stories about how he, you know, did his previous girlfriend, I used to be like, well, he's not going to do me that way because he loves me. And of course, like we think that that jealousy thing is cute, but like you said, it can lead into bigger issues. So I can truly relate. Um, So once it started, um, like once the, once the hitting or whatever started, What made you stay? Um, Well, what made me stay was the fact that um, I had trauma before that. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times um, we may or may not realize that um, whatever situation that we come out of as children, so in our households, that kind of that kind of leads to the type of relationships and the type of bonds that we go after in our teen years and in our adult years. So for me, I came from a place of trauma. So that kind of, um, that kind of led to me staying in places of brokenness because I didn't realize really that there was any other way of it. I thought kind of that that was love. And so I stayed, I stayed because this is how people treat you that love you. Wow. 
Wow. And even as you're talking, it's it's so crazy because me and you, like, we, we are just kind of getting to know each other. But as you're talking, it's bringing back certain memories. And, yeah, I can truly relate to whatever you just said, too. Like, that that's really true. Um, childhood traumas can cause you to make certain decisions that you feel like are healthy because of that's what you're used to. Exactly. So, yeah, so... um. Why was it hard for you to get away at first? Um, so I would say it was very hard for me to get away at first because that person, um, just like in any unhealthy relationship, especially mm-hmm. the person that is the abuser or the manipulator, they've groomed you way before usually they ever hit you or anything like that. And mm-hmm. that grooming process is a process where they kind of break down whatever stronghold that you had on yourself. So they kind of break down who you are as a person to the point where when they hit you and when, you know, the actual violent cycle starts, you are not, you're just a shell of who you were. So you don't even have the strength to leave this relationship because they have put in your mind over and over and over again that you need them, that you won't be anything without them. And so you say. Yeah, and they'll also say things like, oh, well, nobody else is going to want you. And it's like because you're searching for love or something that you feel like you're missing or something that you used to. I feel like that's the reason why you stay, too. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And if you don't mind um, sharing, like, what are some of the things that made that person violent? Like, what takes him off and how would he respond? Okay, so um, most of the time it would be um, so a lot of times it would be me talking to other men or talking to other, um, other people who he felt, um, was, were going to empower me most of the time. So like if I had a friend and they were talking about, you know, other guys and stuff like that, but not in the sense of me starting a relationship with another guy, maybe she's just talking about her and other mm-hmm. guys you know, that would inflame, you know, this violence or this outburst of anger because, you know, you, he felt like his control was slipping. Um, and then also anytime that I would assert myself. So anytime that I would speak up for myself or try to assert myself, that was a surefire way to begin the violence. And how old were you? Um, so this started with my first actual relationship when I was about 16. Okay. Okay. So my next question is, have you ever, like when you were going through it, did you ever speak to anyone about it? No, I never spoke to anyone about it mainly because um, I felt very embarrassed about it. Um, And it's almost like I couldn't believe that I was in an abusive relationship. So I never spoke about it. I never talked to anybody about it because of the immense amount of shame and embarrassment that I carried about the relationship. And I can definitely agree. Um, I didn't really speak to my family about it either. I mean, I had some friends who were around that kind of knew what was going on, but (laughs) I remember saying something so stupid and it's even embarrassing to repeat you know, on this podcast, but I remember saying that, well, maybe this is love, like, because if, if a person doesn't show you that they are, you know, jealous or they don't react towards you a certain way, then 
then that 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 doesn't mean that means that he doesn't love you. And I really, as I sit back and think, I can remember who I had the conversation with, who I was in the car with, and I remember feeling like that was a form of love. But now that I look back, I realize that I was wrong because love isn't supposed to feel that way. Love isn't jealous. Love isn't any of those things. Love is patient. Love is kind. And once I got older, I did begin to realize those things. And for you, um, what made you realize that the relationship was unhealthy? Like, when did it click in your mind? Like, okay, this is unhealthy and I need to make a turn. Um, Okay, so I think that I realized that it was unhealthy the very first time that he hit me, but Mm -hmm. I stayed long, long after that. And my turning point was when I literally didn't know who I was looking at in the mirror anymore. I realized that I, I didn't even know who I was and where I, where along the way I had lost myself. And I, I felt like I was literally drowning in the relationship. It wasn't enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I was, I was literally, it was like I was having the life sucked out of me by this relationship on a daily basis. I wasn't happy and time was just ticking away. And I was, I wasn't doing what I really wanted to do or having what I really wanted to have in my life. And I knew that I needed to make a change. And I can agree. And um, I just, I just feel like once we, because once you're in it, um, you know, I was talking to a friend um, and she lives near someone who is going through an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And I was having a conversation with her earlier today. And I was just like, Hey, you know, sometimes when people are in that, it's like a mental thing. Like you're mentally trapped. Like sometimes it's like, you no, you feel like there's no way out. You feel like maybe you feel like you don't have a support system and there's a little bit of you that hopes that this person is going to change. They're going to stop, but they don't. And to me, it actually gets worse. And I feel like you have to be mentally strong enough to actually want to get out, especially when, I know for me, I know now my relationship with God has gotten stronger, but back then, you know, I knew God, I went to church because of, you know, (laughs) my family, but there was something that clicked in my head. And I know it's the same for you that said, okay, like I have to get away because this is not good. I'm not going to be blessed and I don't want to be stuck in the same repeated cycle. And um, another thing is that, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched your mother or anyone, you know, go through abusive relationships. But for me, I just used to have flashbacks of, you know, things that my mother experience. And I was like, no, like I can't. And at this time I had, had, I've had, I had my first son and I just was like, I cannot allow my child to grow up and see this type of dysfunction because he may feel like it's okay. And I have to break the cycle because my, you know, I see my mother do it and I didn't want my son to have to see it or feel like it was okay to put your hands on a woman. Yes. And I, I'm, 
I am right along with your uh, train of thought on that because um, it was the same thing that kind of was a straw that broke the camel's back was that my daughter was born and it was just like, I cannot allow her to see, you know, because by then I had been in several um, unhealthy relationships. And the last one that I was in was with her father. And mm -hmm. it was like, I cannot allow her to see um, her father treat her mother in that way, because that will definitely leave a lasting impact that this is the way that a man should treat a woman. And I will undoubtedly see my daughter treated in the same way because she feels like it's okay. Exactly. And the crazy part about it is that once you finally break free, they had, I don't know if that was a situation for you, but they began to develop this victim mindset like, oh, you gave up on me and oh, you know, just trying to make you seem like this bad person. But I had to come to the realization that that was another form of manipulation. Yes, absolutely. And it's the same exact thing. Yes, you, you know, and they badmouth you to their families and they make mm -hmm. it look like, you know, it was all you and you were crazy and you were the bad one. Um, and I came to the same realization that um, whatever you say is fine, just as long as you stay in your lane um, away from me. And um, I did what I had to do. And I, I'm comfortable in that, that I took care of myself and I took care of my child and I did what I had to do. Absolutely. You have to do what's best for you at the end of the day by any, any means necessary. Yes. And you have to trust that whatever step you take, like God is going to like lead the rest of your path. And, you know, there were times where I would get on social media or people would screenshot me stuff that he would say about me. Um, I had, I remember I had to like put the police on him just to get away. And I remember this, um, this lady came to me in church, this man, I'm sorry. He came to me in church and he said, you have to get away. He said, the thing about it is that he's not going to leave you alone. You have to leave him alone. And even when you leave him alone, he's going to try to make your life hell. And that is exactly what he did. But that's when I started to form a stronger relationship and a form, uh, um, stronger bond with God. And for you, like, how is your healing journey? My healing journey is um, still, you know, it's it's slow and going. And so that's mm -hmm. the biggest thing that I want everybody to understand that it, it takes time to heal um, because a lot of these wounds are from way back in your childhood. And then they've just continued yeah. to be reopened over and over and over again. So it's going to take you a lot of time to heal and you have to give yourself that time. But with my healing journey, it's just like you said, immediately when you separate from that person, there's like this world that opens up, this freedom that opens up on your spirit, that you're no longer being oppressed by this other person. Mm -hmm. And um, like as far as my relationship with God, it was the same exact thing. So because I actually had come to the point where, you know, I believe that I needed him and I believe that I needed him to, you know, um, you know, support me with the bills and helping me out with the household and things like that. And I'm here to tell you that if you put your faith in God, he will make a way out of no Absolutely. way. Okay. A way in the dry lands, in the desert, he will bring that water and he will help you. So, um, 
I've definitely walked into a deeper place with God because it was the same thing. Like you said, I was kind of the touch and go Christian. I was reading the one little verse every day, you know, on my way to work and, and not really taking in anything. I didn't have a real relationship with God. So this allowed Mm -hmm. me to really go deeper into that relationship with God. And anytime that you go deeper, well, then you know that you're able to access his healing. Absolutely. And when you said that, um, I thought about the movie War Room when they were in the scenes and they were in the kitchen and she was like, you were a lukewarm Christian. (laughs) (laughs) I was one foot in and one foot out because, listen, I'm going to be honest. I I like to still have my fun, Mm -hmm. you know, outside of God. But I've come to understand that he is the only way. And like you said, like the healing process is forever evolving. You are forever evolving and you have to literally go and break down layers of hurt. Like you said, like into your past, into your childhood, things that happened that actually led up to you ending up in those certain type of situations. So healing is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. There's no time on it, but as long as you are evolving, into the person that you're supposed to be and walking in your purpose, you'll be okay. Yes. And um, so for you, like, do you ever replay any of those moments in your mind? Oh, yes, absolutely. You replay those moments in your mind. And especially for me, because of the amounts of trauma that I, that I have experienced in my life, you actually will replay those thoughts in your mind. And there are some times in your healing Mm -hmm. process where your mind will play tricks on you and make you believe that just like they said, that maybe that was my fault, or maybe, you know, I, I did jump the gun or maybe, you know, I did cause that, but the more and more that you walk with God, the more and more that the Holy spirit will talk to you and he will continue to keep you on the right paths and take that even in that as your healing process that, Sometimes your mind is going to play tricks on you, but you have to mm-hmm. keep walking in the correct direction and eventually your mind will follow. Absolutely. And um, so let's speak on forgiveness. Um, I don't know <laughs> where I am just being honest. Like, well, you know what? I won't say that I, I, I hold grudges, but I can see that person speak to them and you know whatever but I was once in a place where I felt like felt like I had to hold that person accountable and they weren't taking accountability for what they did how they treated me the marks or the bruises they left the property that they may have destroyed and um, it goes back to that victim mindset so as far as you and your forgiveness how do you feel like, have you, do you feel like you've forgiven that person? Um, I feel like I've forgiven the person, but there are some days where, just like you said, when you're replaying in your mind, well, the anger comes back all, you know, again, along with the memory. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of times um, I will kind of regress a little bit in my forgiveness. It's it's a daily struggle. It's a daily walk. So in those moments where I, where I feel like, you know, I'm regressing and I'm trying to pick it back up off the throne, um, I just ask God to, you know, take it back out of my hands again. And you have to surrender some things over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I do. I keep on surrendering it. You, you know, if I have to surrender it till the day that I leave this earth, I just keep on giving it back to God um, when I notice that I picked it back up again. And I can agree with that. Um, and for me, you can forgive, but also be smart. And I say that to say 
you when you forgive a person it doesn't mean that you have to allow access allow them access in your life again and sometimes they'll try to and in this instance oh well you still holding on to you're still holding on to the past or you haven't forgiven me and again like that's their mindset of who they were or you know just certain things but just being honest like you said there are times when I replay words that you may have spoken um things that you may have done and I felt like I had to do what was best to protect me and my child um I had to protect my child's mind what he saw and granted no I don't you know speak on things or say things to my child I feel like my child has to form their own opinion yes but I felt like I had to do what was best for me and eventually like for the longest like I did I I did hold a grudge but now I'm at a place where okay you know I'm starting to try to forgive because you know it's been like a 10 year stretch since the last time being honest I've actually spoken to that person of that in that nature without it being like an argument or you trying to bring me down or destroy my character and granted I've never done any of those things to you but whenever I see you trying to do those things, I withdraw and I say, okay, well, maybe the time is not now. And I had to come to a point of not feeling bad, but saying, okay, God, I'm giving this to you. And it's all about God's timing, not my timing or your timing. But when God says it's right in this situation, that's when I'm going to act on it. So that's how I kind of dealt with um, forgiving and forgiveness and I'm still learning how to forgive but at the end of the day I just discovered that we have to do what brings us peace we really do absolutely absolutely but I love what you said about forgiveness and access and I think that is so important for especially young people to understand that just because you forgive someone does not mean that you need to give them access and we also need to understand that even in the Bible God requires that we come with repentance in order to receive forgiveness So, you know, we have to make that same expectation of other people. We have to expect that that they would come to full repentance in order for us to let them back in our space. You cannot allow people to just continue to open that wound over and over and over again. That is not you forgiving. That's you making more unwise decisions. So you want to make sure that they're not able to manipulate you because these people will absolutely try to manipulate you and tell you that you're holding a grudge because you're choosing to go low or no contact. But in fact, you are healing and you're giving yourself the space that you need to do the healing process because you cannot heal when you're continuing to open up the wound over and over and over again. Absolutely. And as far as opening up the wound, listen, (laughs) I know once I let it go, the blessing started flowing from God. Um, I felt free. Um, You know, I was already doing great things, but just being honest, when you are connected to someone that's not on the same level as you mentally or trying to go where you're trying to go, they're not going to do anything but hold you back. And there were times when I would kind of like sleep on myself, number one, I would pretty much degrade or I'm, I'm looking for a different word, not necessarily degrade, but lower my standards of who I really am to um, compromise or to be on the same level with you 
But once I got free, I didn't have, I could like fully be me. I didn't have to be afraid to be me. I could go to school successfully. I could do many successful things and I could finally walk in my purpose. And I want to know for you, like, how did it feel to be free? Uh, it felt the exact same way. So um, you, you couldn't have said it any better. You know, whenever you have two people that are moving in opposite directions, well, and they're connected to one another, well, neither person goes anywhere. So that was the journey for me. You know, I'd spent so many years going nowhere. And the second Mm -hmm. that that weight was off me, I was free. I could see things differently. I could see myself differently. And the doors have opened because you have to remember too that, well, for me, the person that I was with wasn't a believer. So that mm-hmm. right there was, was a major conflict as far as God pouring out blessing because God, mm-hmm. God cannot pour out blessing on something that he hasn't blessed. So once I was able to separate from him, a lot, a lot of blessings have opened up just in my mind and my heart and in, in, in walking in my purpose, I was able to see myself doing bigger and better things. Absolutely. And honestly, my whole motto is is that if a man doesn't love God or if he doesn't have respect for God, how can he honor me? How can he lead me? Exactly. Where are you leading me? And that's my motto right now today. Um, And that's that's what it's all about. Just trusting God, knowing that God is going to, you know, love you enough to bring everything to you that is for you. And I want to know, like, what would you tell a teenager or a young adult woman who may be experiencing abuse right now? I would say that it's not going to change. So if you're waiting for that person to change, they are not going to change. The only person who's going to change is you. And it's not going to be in a positive way. And I would tell you and I would tell them to stop waiting, stop waiting for, you know, something to be different. Give up the hope that things could be different and walk away and choose to make actually make your life different because the power is yours. The power is in your hands at the end of the day mm-hmm. to make your life, whatever you want it to be. And you are strong, you are capable and you can have whatever it is that you want. You just have to seize it. Absolutely. And you first have to, if you're having a hard time with getting out or getting away Find it in your heart. Find enough courage to actually try to spend time with God every day. If you're not used to spending time with God, spend at least start with five minutes per day and then add time on to that. And just know and trust that God loves you and you have to find self-love through God's love. Look up what God's love is, and that is a reflection of how much he loves you. And I agree with everything that you said. And, you know, I just want to add on to that. Like, you have to love yourself. You have to know that you are beautiful. You have to know that you are worthy. And you have to understand that, like you said, they may never change unless they see something wrong. But you can't stunt your growth, and you can't... um, Lord, your standards for someone who probably don't even love themselves. Right. So our message to you is to love yourself and don't lower your standards. Exactly. All righty. All righty. Well, I thank you so much for your time. I thank you for coming on today and sharing a little bit of your story. 
I just want to say that I believe that you are amazing. I've never seen you in person, but <laughs> um, I've listened to your podcast. And again, can you drop your podcast name so that they can go and follow you and listen? Yes, thank you. It is Real Talk for Teens and Young Adults. So and yeah, thank I'm, you so much for the opportunity. I have so enjoyed being here with you. And I think the same of you. You're doing a wonderful job for the kingdom. Absolutely. That is the common. Yes. You're doing it for the kingdom. Y'all make sure y'all go and follow. Um, like this episode. Share it with your friends. Email me. You already know the email address. But I'll drop it below in the comments. But we thank you guys for listening. And until next time. This week's episode is sponsored by I Crave Beauty Collections, where the founder is Shanice Huntley. Ladies, are you looking for some fabulous mink lashes? Well, guess what? I got mine. I love how they look. I love how they feel. They are everything. So do me a favor and go to her website at iCraveBeautyCollections.com. Follow her business page on Facebook and Instagram at I Crave Beauty Collections. It's all one word. I Crave Beauty Collections and tell them that I sent you. As a matter of fact, I have a free pair of lashes to give away this week. Ladies, now, we all want mink lashes. Well, if you want a free pair of mink lashes, do me a favor. First, follow I Crave Beauty Collections on Facebook or Instagram then go over to my Glamour Ink page, Glamour underscore Ink, and like, share, tag me, and make a post about this episode. Tell me what you took most from this episode. All right? So, ladies, if you want these mink lashes, do all of those things for me. First, follow I Crave Beauty Collections on Facebook or Instagram. Head over to my Glamour Ink page at Glamour underscore Ink. Like, share, tag the page, and also tell me something that you took from this episode, all right? All right, peace. Dear Teen Girl, nearly 1.5 million high school students nationwide experience physical abuse from a dating partner. Did you know that one in three adolescents in the U.S. is a victim of physical, sexual, emotional, or verbal abuse from a dating partner? Did you know that 1 in 10 high school students have been purposefully hit, slapped, or physically hurt by someone they're dating? Girls and young women ages 16 to 24 experience the highest rate of relationship violence. 94% of them are ages 16 to 19, and 70% are 20 to 24. The severity of the violence is often greater in cases where the pattern of abuse was established in adolescence. Only 33% of teens who are in violent relationships ever tells anyone. 81% of parents believe teen relationship violence isn't an issue. I'm here to say that if you are one of those girls, if you fall in that percentage, please try your best to get away. Don't be afraid to open your mouth and ask for help. Don't be afraid to tell someone because you don't deserve that type of violence. That isn't love. Don't be afraid that you won't find love. You should be more afraid of him not ever really loving you. Because him putting his hands on you isn't love. 
him disrespecting you isn't love. Him messing with your mental space is not love. If it disturbs your peace, it's not love. If it hurts you, it's not love. So don't be afraid. I'm telling you. It's not worth it. You have your whole life ahead of you. Live your life. Don't be afraid. Find the confidence that you need, the strength that you need. If you can't do it alone, like I said, please find someone to help you. I'm able to speak from a place of once being there. I, if if nobody knows how you feel, I know how you feel. If you're afraid to speak to your parents, you can speak to a counselor, speak to a friend, speak to a trusted adult that will help you. I just feel like it's really important to have someone to talk to, um, someone that can be your support, someone that can give you that strength. Like someone has to know because you don't want to wait until it's too late. Some people wait until it's too late. Some women wait until it's too late. Um, There has been too many women that died at the hands of like relationship violence, domestic violence. And another thing is that like you're too young. You have life ahead of you. You have purpose ahead of you. And you have to live your life. You don't need to allow anything like that, that negativity to slow you down, to slow your life down. It's finally time for you to be free. It's time for you to get your freedom. You don't need that headache. You don't need that stress. Just trust and know that they're never going to change unless they want to. Don't go back into it hoping like, okay, well, maybe he's going to stop. No. They're going to continue to do it. So you have to do what is best for you. You can't be afraid to do it. You can't live on the what if he does stop. You have to live for what if he never stops. What if I'm always going to be this way? What is staying in this helping me do? What is it helping me achieve? Think about what you are missing out on because there are days where you're so entangled in it and you don't feel like doing anything and yeah so just look think about what's on the other side of your making the right decision think about your purpose think about things that you want to achieve in life and how can you achieve something in life When you're connected to someone who doesn't want you to. That's low-key kind of jealous of you. Because of who you are. Because you're great. Take your greatness. And go after everything that you want. Put your energy into getting out. Put your time into getting out. Put your time into creating something for yourself. Think about life outside of that person. Think about how happy you'll be. And like I said, if you're afraid to speak to your parents, find someone that you can trust. Reach out to me. I don't mind helping. But don't keep putting yourself in the same repeated cycle, hoping that this person is going to change. Because they may never change. 
and have that mindset. I know for some people, you become immune to it. You think like, oh, well, this is what we do. But that's toxic. That's very toxic. And right now, this generation that we're living in is very mature. And you guys are experiencing and living stuff that some people don't experience until they become adults. So you know, like, what's right and what's wrong. So try your best, like, fight hard to get away. Don't think about, oh, well, he might, you know, get with somebody else and he might change. No, you have to do what is best for you. You have to. And stand in the place of hurt, that's not best for you. Stand in the place of being bound. Stand in the place of just negativity mental bondage that's not good for you by any means necessary love yourself first and I'm able to speak on it because like I said before I was once there I was once there and I remember um the time where I said okay like (laughs) enough is enough and I just it's something clicked and I just walked away did he make it easy no and the crazy part about it is that his family knew what kind of person he was but it was like they covered and they protected him and I mean I understand that's their family but it wasn't right so at the end of the day like love yourself surround yourself around people who loves you and Another thing, when someone is trying to, like, offer you advice or tell you, like, hey, girl, you know, I think that this, you know, isn't healthy for you. I think that you need your peace. Don't take it as them hating on you or them wanting what you have because it's not that, like, some people really genuinely want you to have better, want to see you happy, want to see you do better. Don't take it as them being judgmental. Don't take it as them um, hating or anything because I know that in relationships, like, um, we as women are quick to say, well, you know, she just wants what I have and, you know, just different things like that. But that's not the case. Like, some people genuinely care, like, especially if you're in that type of situation and you have a friend that's offering you advice, listen to your friend. If she's telling you, like, girl, you need to get out of that. You need to get away. Like, listen to your friend. Your friend isn't judging you. That's not healthy. That's not normal. Um, Domestic violence, relationship violence, it's not okay. It's not okay. So I really hope that this episode helped you. I really hope that... um, you are able to gain knowledge. I really hope that if you are in this situation and you listen to this episode, that something struck in you to want to take that first step. And once you take that step, don't look back. Look into your future. Look into your peace. Look into your purpose. Look into your joy and your happiness because you're going to get it. You will And you have to tune that person out completely. 
Tune them out. Tune out the negativity. Tune out anybody that is attached to them. You have to. And if you're in that predicament and you're looking for a sign, sus, this is your sign. You don't need anybody to tell you anything else. This is your sign. Go. Get. Run. Go after purpose. By any means necessary. Period. Are you a young lady who's interested in participating in pageantry? Well, this is the right episode to listen to. I had the opportunity to interview Faith Pierre Charles, who is the National American Miss Team, which is one of the largest pageants in the pageant system. That's right, Faith Pierre Charles. She was crowned National American Miss Team. Faith Pierre Charles is from Willingburg, New Jersey. She was crowned the 2019-2020 National American Miss Team on Sunday, December 1st, 2019 in California. Faith has been competing in the National American Miss Organization since 2007 and has held three straight titles in New Jersey. Three years ago, she competed in the junior team division and placed first runner-up. However, she didn't give up on her dreams. She returned to nationals this year and was crowned National American Miss Team. Faith has an amazing story. Faith is going to give you ladies insight on what it's like when it comes to friendships, when it comes to adversities that she faced. Faith is an amazing young lady, and I was honored to be able to interview her. If you have any questions, please email me at glamourinc at epitomeofexcellence.org. Again, that's glamourinc at epitomeofexcellence.org. Do me a favor and follow my Dear Teen Girl podcast. Um, You can follow Faith to look at her beautiful pictures to get encouragement. And Faith is just like an all-around great person. So, ladies, 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 please take notes. Get out your pen and your paper so that you can write down things that you may need as far as pageantry. If you want to participate in a pageant, like I said, this is the right episode for you. All right, now let's get into the episode.